In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for the deliverance. We thank you for the deliverance that is taking place in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you that, Lord, you are with us. Father, we pray that you continue to cover us tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Heavenly Father, be with us to overcome even right now at this moment in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you are with us. We thank you, Father that you have given us this opportunity that we can be able to pray together we can be able to stand on the gap for the world in the mighty name of jesus christ of Nazareth. Shalom, shalom, shalom to everyone tonight. Shalom in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you that you have happened to join us right at this time. Shalom to all of you in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We are right back on this platform. Yeah, we thank God that... Um, we have got again some people that will be listening to us and we thank god for this time that we will be unpacking you know um the spirit you know we will be neutralizing the spirit of poverty praise jesus christ of nazareth right on the middle of the of the transfer of wealth and the lord says you cannot reach and be you cannot reach the level of prosperity if you are unable to neutralize poverty, glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, we, we, we really, really, really like it. The time that the Lord gives to us and say, deal with this, deal with that. And, and mainly for the sake of, of, of reaching 
to the level where God wants us to be. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And and uh, right now in the in the in the in this evening, I want I want us to look into some couple of areas how to neutralize the spirit of poverty, and then we will pray against the spirit of poverty once we finish. Um, uh, uh, talking about neutralizing the spirit of poverty. And after that, we want to pray against the star stealers. And after that, then we want to pray for deliverance of our finances. And I want you to, I want to ask you while you are seated there, wherever you are seated, either you are in your car or you are seated in your house or you are in your telephone, your mobile phone, um, you are in front of your laptop, your MacBook, whatsoever that you've got in front of you, I want you to have again, you know, I want you again, as I said last time, I want you again to have a note, you know, money note, either, you know, and um, whatsoever. If you're in America, just make sure you're not carrying $1, but you're carrying $5 and above. And uh, if you're in South Africa, just make sure you're carrying 20 rands and above. Praise God. And somebody's saying, Woo, why 20 rands today? It was 10 rand that day. No, 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 no. Carry 20 rands today and deal with some things um, from that 20 rand and above. And then no 20 rand is one of those um, money notes that are actually refusing. If 10 rand is there, always says use 10 rand, but I wanted to carry 20 rands and above. Praise God. I can tell you right in front of me, I've got two 200 rands, praise God, because I said, what is the highest note in South Africa that has more major, that is more afraid in terms of paper notes, and then 200 rands, and then I quickly went in a rush, and then I said, let me quickly get, because the, the, the filling station is not far from my house, quickly went to the filling station, quickly withdraw 200 rands, note, fortunately, I was able, I was aiming at getting 100 rand notes, 200 note notes. So I get two 200 rand notes. This is what I have and in, in my presence. And this is what I'm going to be dealing with. As I deal with the spirit of, uh, you know, spirit of, of poverty, neutralizing the spirit of poverty. Look, I love prophetic action. I enjoy prophetic action. I have seen Elijah doing prophetic action. I've seen Elijah doing prophetic action. I have seen Joshua doing prophetic action. I've seen Moses doing prophetic action. I have seen Jacob doing prophetic prophetic action. You know, Jacob's prophetic action was actually extreme with a sheep. Do you know that one? That was a prophetic action by Jacob, if you don't know. I'm telling you, that was a prophetic action. And I've seen men of God, many, many men of God. I've seen my spiritual father you know, I'm um, doing prophetic action in so many times. I mean, I've, I've, I've been in Texas and I've seen how many times that Chuck Pierce will just go all out and he will do a prophetic action, praise God. And that has, has, has actually <clears throat> made me to really trust God more and more, seeing most powerful men of God and taking prophetic actions seriously. You know, um, saints, um, as, 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 as I was praying right now, and, and, and the Holy Spirit just dropped in me something, um, you know, to say, we must never forget to, to actually pray for COVID-19. <clears throat> we must never forget to pray for COVID-19, for the healing, for the cure for COVID-19. We must not only just pray that there must be 
a vaccine coming for this pandemic, but we must pray for a cure for the for COVID nineteen. Praise God, and uh, and 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 the, the 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 Holy Spirit just dropped it to me. Praise Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Um, saints, again, I believe that this um, uh, pervasive uh, poverty mindset is actually caused by a demonic spirit from the world of darkness. It is not just a psychologically malade that can be cured with a therapy, but an evil spirit that must be cast out. And, and, and uh, Mark Piefer offers this part of, 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 um, of description of the um, uh, spirit of poverty. He says, the spirit of poverty pulls a blinder over our eyes and puts fear in our hearts. And uh, it steals our ambitions and dreams. It tears us down with reminders of what we lack and makes us feel lesser than other people. In the end, um, the spirit of poverty will drive us to the backyard with shovels and treasure in hand. It convinces us that the greatest victory that we could ever win will be not to lose. So we dig our holes and bury our treasures. The enemy, as I close the quote, the enemy is well aware that the great transfer of wealth will measurable accelerate the explanation of the kingdom of God and thereby weaken and reduce the kingdom of Satan. This is what I said during the day. As one of the tried and true tactics designed to threat or least delay the transfer of wealth, Satan deploys this evil spirit of poverty with an assignment to impose a curse on God's people individually, collectively. So basically tonight, we, we, we've got one aim and goal to provide some practical guidelines that will help you to break the curse of the spirit of poverty once and for all. And uh, because prosperity is the will of God. So the opposite of poverty is prosperity. An invasion to which resides within an alarming number of believers is um, poverty. And uh, well, I'll talk later about this uh, uh, phenomenon more than once as, as we continue. But for now, I want to establish a biblical foundation for, for, me, for affirming that the will of God, not only for believers, but also for the human race as a whole, is not for poverty, but for prosperity. In the Old Testament, this belief is backed up best by the book of Deuteronomy 28. One of the longest chapters in the Bible it is divided into two parts. The first part details the blessings that God wants to pour out to his people. The condition for receiving these blessings is that the people must obey him and do his will. And uh, the second part of, the, of, 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 of this chapter details the curses that the enemy will unloose on God's people 
if they choose to ignore or to disobey the Lord, thereby forfeiting his protection. So the contrast between the two scenarios is dramatic. And we're going to look into one of the numerous uh, promises in the first part of Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, verses 11, I'm reading from NIV, it says, The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb. The young of your livestock and the crops of your ground in the land he saw to your ancestors to give you. Now, I want you to, to, to look very carefully in the book of um, Deuteronomy 28, verses 11. The very first part, it says, the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb. Now, the most thing that the enemy will do when it really wants to bring poverty, it will want to frustrate your womb. Frustrating your womb, I'm not talking about you not being able to, to, to conceive or to give birth. But frustrating your womb, that is the child that is coming out of your womb, must be the worse than any other. And at that moment, the enemy knows he has already frustrated you because he knows how much people love their children, like God loves us. So, the second part of, of this it says, the young of your livestock and the crops of your ground in the land he saw to your ancestors to give you. Now, one of the areas that we are still fighting about, particularly in, in, in the continent of Africa, in the southern continent of Africa that was colonized by British and, and Dutch, we are still in war and fighting about the way of possessing the land. Zimbabwe, as we speak, is in Tatars. Because their war for fighting for the land was frustrated by the whole nations of the world. They decided to impose sanctions against Zimbabwe for the fact that they wanted their land to be on their hands. Can you see now? <clears throat> These are the two areas. That the enemy, it's, it's actually more than two areas that the enemy will frustrate you. Because the enemy knows that generosity is part of the very nature of God. And uh, a New Testament counterpart to this verse was written by Apostle John. And in, 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 in 3 John chapter 2, where he says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That's 3 John chapter, chapter, chapter 1 verse 2. So we usually think of prosperity in terms of material possessions. But this scripture shows that prosperity includes health, holiness in body and soul as well. So, when, when the enemy has frustrated those areas that I've mentioned, he knows very well that he has delivered well with poverty. Your children refuse to go to school. Your children do not want to finish their degrees. 
your children drop out before completing matric, your children complete matric, finish their degrees, and after they have done all what is good, and they've gone to the one of the most great and expensive school in South Africa, Michael House, and they come back and they become drug lords. So, <clears throat> prosperity then it's, is multifaceted. We could say that prosperity has a spiritual component, a strong personal relationship with God, a physical component, good health, a social component, positive relationships with other people and with society as a whole, and of course, a material component plentiful money and possessions. So one way of putting it is that all of these four facets of prosperity combined could certainly make a person happy, which is the way God wants his children to be. Because in the book of Psalms 144, verse 15, the Bible says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So prosperity is in, is, in other words, for happiness. And now we're going to look a little bit into happiness for a moment. Because South Africans, they place a high value of happiness. Our declaration of, of, of being freed and, and the democracy that we got in 1990 for we were excited at the fact that we could share the same beach, same places of entertainment with the white people. That was, you know, some people, they said, that's democracy, we've got it. You know, yeah, that's South Africans for you. And looking for all the good beaches, you know, as you go around the areas of Mthanga in Deben, in those private beaches up there, where the black people were totally not allowed to go in, where now they are free to go in into those beaches. They said, we've got democracy, we are free, we are happy, because happiness is on the top. Because people, most of than any other thing, they pursue, they pursue happiness. They work hard for all 12 months so that they can be able to go on holiday and then pursue happiness. Praise God. And, and uh, I don't view um, happiness in that, unfortunately. I view it in a number of other things. But that is my personal view when it comes to happiness. And, and they can keep their beaches um, as much as they can if they have the beaches in any way. But um, what is important is, is, is to find a happiness in the Lord. So that is that is the the, the so the, the spiritual pro prosperity saints those who attend religious services weekly or more often are happier than those who attend less often those who seldom or never attend services are the least likely to say they are very happy so which means basically um even the religious um or the spiritual happiness it also plays a role. Physical prosperity, healthier people tend to be happier. Healthier people tend to be happier when they have no pains and nothing. 
and uh, social prosperity. The researchers admitted they did not fully know how to explain this, but um, you know, people are happier when they are in the high positions at work or in politics. Now, material prosperity, those with higher incomes are more likely to be very happy. So before we can go any further, I just want to, to, to really ask you, are you ready for a humorous interlude unrelated to prosperity? And, and there's some few studies that have been done on what may be the most controversial non-finding of all, as they put it. What could that be? It turns out there is no significant gap in happiness between dog owners and cat owners. You can draw your own conclusion from that one. Seriously, an important point uh, I want to make here is that the spirit of poverty does it best to distance all those whom it can oppress from spiritual, physical, social, and material pr prosperity. And um, as, um, as, as I will detail later, I confess that most of, of, of my ministry career, I've, I've always gone through a lot of being, op coming from an oppressed point of view as a, as, a, as a black South African and getting into ministry and you find yourself being more oppressed. And, and that's why I have some expertise in the matter. Among other things, I was terrified by any thoughts of being associated with so-called uh, prosperity gospel. For years, my mind was filled with the horrifying case studies of individuals who used the pulpit to elicit personal gain rather than to exalt Jesus Christ. So I, I've, I'm coming from that background. I'm coming from a background that says I never wanted to step into preaching the prosperity gospel. I always being very careful to say, I want to preach Christ clean. So I tried as much as I can to distance myself from such people. I developed this log and God does not promise us prosperity, but only sufficient. So I very, you know, I felt very pious as I was declaring this both privately and uh, in public. Now that I've been delivered from the spirit of poverty, and uh, I can clearly see the flows in the kind of thinking. Why would I ask God for sufficient? Obviously, so that I can get what I need. When you think this thought true, however, you begin to see how selfish it is. And, and I read something that was written by Mark Gorman and how he puts it. He says, on several occasions, people have told me proudly, I am not greedy. All I want is enough to pay my bills. My reply is, well, you may not be greedy, but you, sh you show, surely you're selfish. You should want more than enough to pay your bills. You should want enough to have extra so you can help someone else. Up until I got delivered into understanding the fact behind the 
God's kingdom economy. When I understood the God's kingdom economy, I had to look in scriptures like 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, and God is able to give you more than you need so that you will always have all you need for yourselves and more than enough for every good cause. That's abundance, and which is better than mere sufficient. Saints, I want to tell you, poverty is a curse. Because the opposite of, pro of, of prosperity is poverty. Poverty is the will of the devil. What does the devil do? He was assigned a powerful demonic principality to keep as many people in the world as poor as possible. If they stay poor, they will never prosper. I call this principality of darkness the spirit of poverty. So, as I mentioned before, the, the first half of Deuteronomy 28 describes the blessings that God will pour out upon those who follow and honor him. And the second half describes the curses that will fall upon those who disobey God. To those, just one verse out of many to illustrate this year in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 48. Deuteronomy 28, verse 48. Deuteronomy 28, verse 48. Therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirsty, in nakedness, and in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. This is obviously not God's plan, A, for creation. That is why we must do everything possible to neutralize the spirit of poverty. It was not God's plan A for black South Africans to be oppressed, their land to be taken away, to become so much impoverished in such a way that when even the, 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 the governance is on their hands, they are unable to see that the governance is on their hands. They still want to beg from the colonizers. Because the Bible teaches in no uncertain terms that poverty is a curse. And the father does not want his children walking under a curse. There's a lot of crazy thinking in the church about this. And let me make this clear. Poverty does not make us holy. Most of the holy men in the Bible were not poor. Abraham was rich. He was holy. Apart from one brief period of adversity, Job lived his life in incredible abundance. Even when he was attacked by the enemy, after he was attacked by the enemy, when the Lord returned back seven times seven, all that was stolen by the enemy, he became filthy rich. David was a king who enjoyed tremendous wealth. So the spirit of poverty has entered the church and one of the difficulties in attempting to rally, to rally God's people to neutralize the spirit of poverty is that through the years, this demonic force has succeeded in bringing numerous churches and church leaders under its wicked spell. The good news is that more and more believers are being delivered from this curse in our day.
Thank you, Jesus. The bad news is that it is still a serious reality that most saints, they are standing and they are remaining under the spirit of poverty. You know how skillful is this spirit? So skillful that it has somehow succeeded in, you know, calculating this mindset into churches across South Africa. Pity is directly related to poverty. In other words, if you are going to be a truly spiritual person in close touch with God, you cannot be rich. Yeah, this is what they are saying. It's better to be poor. Now, to understand how this view became so prevalent, we need to go back in history. And one of the worst things that happened to the church after the first two or three hundred years of its inception is that its leaders began to move from origin Hebrew mindset to a Greek mindset. The Greek mindset characterized the Roman Empire, the culture in which most of the church existed after years of vigorous missionary work. So the church began absorbing the culture. It came to a head when Emperor Constantine made Christianity the official religion of the whole empire. So according to the Greek or Roman way of thinking, human existence was divided into two worlds, material, spiritual, and that were opposed to each other. So the more material you were, the less spiritual you could be. And one of the outcomes of this idea was the separation of clergy from laity in the body of Christ. Obviously, the great majority of Christians were material and were therefore not considered spiritually enough to be close to God. This mentality, it got, it, I mean, it, it still goes on up until today of thinking the people that have bigger houses, beautiful cars, they are not closer enough to God. That's a wrong thinking. Stinking thinking poverty. As long as you're materialistic, they are not blocking you from worshiping and praising Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi. As long as you wake up in the morning and you say, Father, I thank you. You are Jehovah Jireh. Whatever I have that surrounds me, it's coming from you, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Eshadim Kadesh. You are the one that has supplied what you have given to me. I thank you, Father, because all the blessings that surrounds me, the car that I drive right now, the house that I am in right now, and everything that I have, it is coming from you, Lord. Hallelujah. That being born again, save Christ and worshiping him. There's nothing to do with the materialistic things. Must not try to plan the poverty spirit to oppress us by saying the more materialistic you are, you are not with the Lord. So among the clergy, as will be expected, some were more spiritual than others. As the years went by, a number of them decided to radically distance themselves from the material world by forming a monasteries devoted to spiritual spirituality. These were the monks. In order to discipline themselves, monks took vows of poverty, you know, chastity and obedience. Today, Christianity, especially 
the non-Catholic segment has not retained much of the monastic chastity and obedience. But somehow the idea of poverty has persisted. And I'll classify it as an institutional curse. Like all curses, it needs to be broken. Poverty, it's a curse. Like all curses, it needs to be broken in Jesus' mighty name. So, it is important that we need to really understand this point of poverty and get into it deeper. I mean, John Wesley, even though he regularly handled large amounts of money, held poverty in high esteem. He lived his life on only the bare necessities. It is reported that he said, when I die, if I leave behind me 10 pounds, you and all mankind may bear witness against me that I have lived and died a thief and a robber. When he finally did pass away, the only money he left behind, you know, consistent in some coins in his pocket and in a dresser drawer. Poverty needs to be uprooted and removed. When many believers hear stories like that, they feel very guilty. They may say, these are wonderful heroes of, of the faith. I should be like them. They feel that if they give their money away and exist on a substance income, God will love them more. The spirit of poverty has used the lives of such men to implant a monstery mindset throughout the church. Yet the fact of the matter is that a great majority of believers cannot bring themselves to carry out their desires to be more like St. Francis or John Wesley. Why? I do not believe it is because they are greedy or carnal or worldly. It is simply because they do not have the spiritual gift of voluntary poverty, which was possessed by both St. Francis and John Wesley. Praise God. And um, <clears throat> hallelujah. As we continue with this subject, and I hope it's, it's, it's really making a sense, a deeper sense in you to really be ready to uproot the spirit of poverty in your life. Somebody say amen wherever you are. Praise Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that just as the parts of our physical bodies each have their own functions for the benefit of the whole body, each believer also has been given a gift or a combination of gifts for the benefits of the church as a whole. To help believers discover the spiritual gifts that have been given, I, you know, I said to you in my conclusion before we pray in this, in this part is that um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, it profits me nothing. In this part, Paul is contrasting the fruit of the Spirit manifested primarily by love with some of the gifts of the Spirit. So, for example, 
he affirms that the gifts of tongues in 1 Corinthians 13.1 and of prophecy in 1 Corinthians 13.2 will not fulfill their in, intended purpose without love. The phrase voluntary poverty is not used in the Bible, but I found it helpfully as a description of what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 13.3. And, uh, and I can little bit put um, a definition on this, that voluntary poverty is a special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to renounce material comfort and luxury and adopt a personal lifestyle equivalent to those living at the poverty level in given society in order to serve God more effectively. And I still say, there might not be some, there might, it might not be wrong to live in that. But uh, I still want to emphasize that um, poverty, it's, 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 a, it's a curse, particularly South African black people coming from the oppression, being oppressed and left and right. You are supposed to rise up and pray against the spirit of poverty. If you know certain things, if you do not win them on the spiritual realm, you must know physically they will operate for the rest of your life. There are things that you need to overcome and win them on the spiritual realm so that they can depart from you. Just as, uh, as, as, as I've said, um, all the members of the parts of the body are a, are, a, are a liver or a tongue. Not all the members of the body of Christ have the apostle gift, I mean, apostle gift of the missionary gift or the gift of prophecy of being the prophets or leading worship or gift of administration. So if the whole body were an eye, where will be the head? According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 17. So some people like St. Francis and John Wesley may have been given the spiritual gift of voluntary poverty. And will therefore expect those believers who have the gift to emulate these heroes of, of the faith. But by large, not many people receive that gift. They have been given other gifts instead. Most people do not need to adapt a mon, you know, monstery mindset. They need a prosperity mindset. If they do prosper, there is no reason for them to feel guilty about that. So you don't have to feel guilty because the Lord has blessed you with a, one of the biggest houses. If it becomes bigger and bigger, just continue to, 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 to make it bigger and continue to make it bigger as, as, as long as the Lord blesses you. Hallelujah. Because some people, they, they've got this question that was Jesus poor. One common tactic of the spirit of poverty is to deceive believers with the myth that Jesus was poor. If this were the case, then poverty will be an ideal attribute for all those who value Christ-likeness, which will include most true believers. This is one of the wiles of the devil designed to keep believers poor so that they will have little influence in advancing the kingdom of God. Listen to me. I still strongly believe that the eight mountains that of influence in the world, the believers are supposed to be so much influential in, into those mountains. In each and every mountain, in those eight mountains that are influential in the world, the believers are supposed to be on the top of heaven. And, uh, and, and, and uh, Jesus was born into the family of Joseph with 
I mean, his earthly father. Joseph was a carpenter in which it is fair to assume that he was a good one. Good carpenters make reasonable living. I mean, that's why we still have furniture. It's people like Joseph, which means he had quite a lot of money. And uh, if you look, if you go to Israel, like those who have visited Israel, you will see that the, the furniture in Israel is one of the best. So good carpenters make reasonable living. Jesus did not grow up in a poor family. And, and Joseph took Mary from their hometown of Nazareth to Bethlehem, where Jesus was born in, in a manga of a, of a barn for livestock. Some say that this is humble birthplace proves the fact that Jesus' family was poor. But this cannot be the case because if you look into Jesus, I mean, you look into Joseph. Joseph, when Jesus was 12 years, he, vis he visited the temple. And, and uh, he, he went as close as to the, to, the, to, the, to the worship tabernacle. If Joseph was poor in those days, the poor people were totally not allowed to get closer to the, you know, the people, the, the, the top of the, of the cream. You know, if you like it, the cremoras. So, so, so Jesus got so closer even to the top of the cream while he was 12 years because his father probably he shared a table with them. That's why when Mary and Joseph had to leave, they did not know where is Jesus, only to find out Jesus was busy in argument with the, you know, with the, the top man in the temple. So which means uh, Joseph was not just a simple man. That's why he was able to get closer to those people. Hallelujah. So, but this can, you know, if you look into the bad place, that proves that uh, Jesus um, was poor. And the fact that Jesus' family, you know, um, got into, into, into a barn of livestock, that, that, that makes some to have a conclusion that says, you know, this uh, was a humble place, proves that the fact that Jesus' family was poor. But this cannot be the case because Joseph's plan A was to check in in a local hotel. He had plenty of money to pay for a decent room, but the hotel was full and there was no um, vacancy. So Joseph went to plan B and arranged for a space in the barn. Soon after Jesus' birth, wise men came from the east to worship the child. They did not bring trivial gifts they regarded Jesus as a king and they brought gifts fit for Asian royalty. I like the way in which, you know, it, 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 is, it was described is that, you know, it, it, it was so much big uh, uh, gifts. It was not just boxes of matches. You look into a frankincense, you look at how expensive is that. A very small bottle is very expensive. Mirror and gold. And these were quite very expensive, which means totally, if you agree with me, this dismisses the spirit of poverty to be aligned with the church. There are several scriptures used by those who attempt to characterize Jesus as being poor, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, for you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. This verse refer refers to Jesus' departure from heaven 
and arriving on earth, not his net worth on earth. Another, the book of Matthew, chapter 8, verse 20, foxes have holes and beds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. This is simple a reference to Jesus' internary ministry. He did not live in permanent home for you know, because he was continually traveling. And you can imagine 13 people traveling together, Jesus, his disciples did, is an expensive undertaking. I mean, we know that several women accompanied them. According to the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 3, you know, that says, Joanna, the wife of, 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 of Chusa, Herod's steward, business manager and Susan and many others who provided for him for their substance. So Chusa was the equivalent of secretary of this of, of the treasury of, 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 of the nation of Israel. So the resources they had at their disposal were likely to have been considerable. So in, our, in, in order to, to position ourselves that we might receive God's intended blessings of prosperity, we need to get rid of any idea that Jesus was poor. We need to fully understand that he is the creator. Everything was created through him and by him, according to John, nothing that was made. Are we making progress, saints? Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I want us to pray. I want us to get in prayer. And, uh, and because I want us to make pro progress, the spirit of poverty uh, powerful as it has been in the past, it has been uh, suffering significant setbacks in, in, in recent years. You know, and, and as, as I spoke about it on Sabbath, and then I said, we see young educated um, children getting into Christianity in full force in our country. That is exciting because it used, the church used to be seen as a poor man's place of humbleness. And as I read every time and I found young people that are graduates that are really getting high in top positions, you know, some MPs in our parliament that are proclaiming Jesus, some lot of people that are faithfully Christians, not just play, play things. That makes me excited. And I'm saying we are really making progress. You know, I can discern four notable steps forward in breaking the curses that this, weak, you know, wicked principality imposes, imposes on people, on social unity, on institutions like the church. There undoubtedly are more than four, but they are the ones that have come to my attention. I'm going to mention them. Thank you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I want us to pray against the spirit. Against the spirit of poverty, Father, we come right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Holy Ghost fire arise and damage every resistance to glow of our star in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Heavenly Father, we come right now with the Holy Ghost power to destroy every spirit of poverty that has been sent against us. Those star demoters receive the, the sword of life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
I recover our finances. I recover our prosperity from the cage of the star hunters in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I arise above every dark sentence issued against our prosperity in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let a pattern of darkness be broken in pieces in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You spirit of poverty, depart from the church, depart from everyone that is, that is rising up in the church in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I put flight every organized warfare against our prosperity in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we thank you this evening that you are with us even right now as we pray, Lord. We sprinkle the blood of Jesus Christ upon our bank accounts. We sprinkle the blood of Jesus Christ in our persons. We sprinkle the blood of Jesus Christ in every area that is containing our finances. Every pit dug to swallow our finances be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let the prosperity of our finances, the transfer of our finances come closer to us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let the star of our destiny pick up fire and overtake its contemporaries in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every evil wise man observing the star of our destiny receive blindness in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every evil wise man that is monitoring our finance movement receive fire in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every power of the valley die in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I destroy every spell and jigs placed upon our finances right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Power of God move forward by fire in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I had to do that short prayer before I speak about these four areas. You know, to say, faith is really being preached in, in, in the church, in the body of Christ. And it's not faith that is depending, that says you must remain in poverty and never go forward. And I, I remember, you know, the people like um, Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth Copeland, and Fred Prince, or Fred Price, you know, they launched a frontal assault against the spirit of poverty in churches. And, and, and large numbers of people, they believe their messages and they really followed them. And I strongly believe that what has actually made the churches to delay it's to have a mentality of, of prosperity without the understanding of the kingdom of God. Because if you've got the mentality of having money, having no strategy of the kingdom of God, you might as well forget. Hallelujah. 
and 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 this is what has has dropped a lot of negative feelings and opinions launched at at at, um, at people that have preached so much about um prosperity because there's the so-called prosperity gospel um preachers they made it to receive extreme critical views from the mainstream christian media simply because they did not have a kingdom-minded setup of doing things they did not have a mentality of progressing the preaching of the gospel of jesus christ But we, 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 we are strongly believing now there are more well-educated, particularly in, 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 in black South Africans and African, African nations for that matter, not only South Africans, but African, I mean, African continent for that matter. There are those who fully understand a kingdom-minded, um, you know, finances, kingdom-minded wealth, kingdom-minded prosperity. That makes it to be so easy that when you preach that as a child of God, you've got to prosper. It is based on a kingdom-minded setup. And whatever it has been, the past mistakes, you know, what is important is that we've got to rise up and repossess and take back what the enemy has blinded the church with not to see the great understanding of this thing so it is important that we we, we really get into the point of unpacking the social transformation movement for africa for the african continent for that matter And, and once we really understand this fact, we will be in a good position to pray proper prayers that are dealing with the spirit of poverty. As I said to you, this spirit, it's a, it's a curse. That's why it moves from generation to generation. They, they will even say to you, you know, how can you be successful because your own father was always poor? So which means you've got to follow the path of the people that are poor. Until the church finds its um, entry doorway in the workplace, it cannot wrap off the spirit of poverty. Until the church finds its full position of really dominating in the aid mountains of influence the church must get involved so much in the media of spreading the true the true news the church must get involved in education so that children that are growing up are taught proper principles hallelujah so it is important that Everything we structure, we structure it appropriately. And, and, and listen to me, the, 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 the transfer of wealth 
um, from the kingdom of the devil into um, the kingdom of God, it cannot happen easily because they have already possessed this. So it needs people who will rise up in warfare. And this does not need um, winky-linky people, but it needs people that will rise up in power and they will rise up in spirit and they will pray more than ever. So what is this? Moving from, from poverty to prosperity, I would like to suggest about three steps for overcoming the spirit of poverty as, as, as we're going to engage in long prayer until 7 and, and 1930. So I will suggest three steps for overcoming the spirit of poverty and thereby moving from poverty to prosperity. Look, the Bible says, um, this is the first thing that I want you to know, I mean, want you to do is that um, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20, 20, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Listen to the prophets. I think that is a key thing. And uh, I feel sorry for leaders who are not aligned with the prophetic that is taking place. Again, I demonized by the spirit of poverty for about many years, um, many, many moons. I mean, I have been in ministry around about 20 years. So during... Um, my 16 years of serving as, 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 you know, in one impoverished township, I always rose up and I said, we need to move off to the township and get into a town. Either it's a nearby town or whatever. But my mind has always been saying, the Lord wants us to move from impoverished foundation so that we can be established. And, and, and that is one very much important thing that the church must really listen to the prophets and the church must stop despising the prophets because second chronicles 20 20 says hear me O judah and you inhabitants of jerusalem believe in the lord your god and you shall be established believe in his prophets in his prophets and you shall prosper and this is one thing that has made um the church to always move backwards is that it ignored the full force that is coming with the word of prophecy. And the second thing that you need to do is that, um, I hope I've put it very nicely to say, we, 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 we definitely have to, to listen to the prophets. I'm not talking about fake prophets here. I'm talking about the true prophets of God that speak the truth of God, that has been raised by God and properly trained who are not trained to go and, and, and pick up um, monies, who are driven by mammon spirit. I'm talking about the true prophets of God here. Number two, you've got to operate in the opposite spirit. And, and, and you've got to operate in, 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 in the opposite of the spirit of poverty, as we've said, is the spirit of, prophet, of, of, of prosperity. My advice is to do whatever is necessarily to display a desire for prosperity, for spiritual prosperity. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Pray. Read the Word of God. 
Be filled with the word of God. Have your foundation in the word of God. For physical prosperity, exercise, get proper medical exams, eat well. Don't feed yourself with fat. That will make you not to be able to stay longer. If you've got a big weight, start now to lose weight. For social prosperity, choose your friends carefully. Strengthen your marriage. For material prosperity, learn how to receive abundance and enjoy it. And, and, and you know, I, I read a book written by Pastor David Yonggi Cho of Korea. And, and, and he spoke so much about being aligned with God with everything that you do. And, and, and Dr. Cho is still one of the people that I see his church being the fastest growing in the world because he has remained in filling himself or being filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. And 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 um, at times was around we 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 definitely have to look deep into ourselves. What are the things that we are doing that are really inviting poverty? Number three, on daily basis, stand up and confess all known sins. This may sound like a self-evident to some, and I hope. It will not apply to many of you, but the Bible is so clear on the matter that do not feel, um, you know, oppressed, but you've got to uh, confess your sins. In the book of Proverbs 28, let me read the scripture. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses, forsake them, will have mercy. You can do this. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. Hallelujah. And I spoke to you about these three steps. And I believe that as, as we are about to pray, the Holy Spirit will help me or will help us so that we can be able to deal with the spirit of poverty. And I want to tell you, spirit of poverty it's not your brother, your sister. It needs to be dealt with aggressively. You need to pray very aggressively as we pray right now. You need to pray with the understanding that you are dealing with the spirit of, of poverty. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we come to you right this evening in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Heavenly Father, O oh God, we receive the blood of Jesus Christ. We take the blood and we sprinkle it all over us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We reject every smell and any smell of the spirit of poverty in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We reject anything that is related to poverty in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we shall not eat any food that is related to impoverished. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, 
We shall not be aligned with anything that is related to poverty. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, every sickness and pain that is related to impoverished people, it shall not be with us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You spirit of poverty, we bind you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You do not have any position in our lives. You don't have any position around us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We bind you, spirit of, of, of poverty. We cast you out and we remove you. You spirit of poverty, you cannot stand in our families in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every family that is divided because of poverty, tonight they shall be united in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every show of force that you are making to us, you spirit of poverty, you are reversing with everything in you right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You are taking spirit of poverty that we are coming against our finances in the bank. Right now, you will reverse in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Heavenly Father, we thank you for opening doors that we will be able to enter into those marketplace that will be able to buy shares in those high marketplace so that we can be able to destroy the spirit of poverty in our community. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You spirit of poverty, you don't have any position in our household. We sprinkle the blood of Jesus Christ in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We bind every door that has been opened by the spirit of poverty. We are closing every door that has been opened by the spirit of poverty. We are closing every window that has been opened by the spirit of poverty in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You spirit of poverty, you've got no position in us. You strong men of poverty, you move away from us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You strong men that we are bringing impoverished things to our lives, we are destroying you right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Right now, Lord, we sprinkle the blood of Jesus Christ. And right now, Lord, we sprinkle the blood of Jesus Christ in every area, in every household, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We are releasing the drops of the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, I said the other point that we're going to pray for tonight is to obtain profitable employment. And um, to obtain profitable employment. I mean, this is for those who desire a new job, those who desire an increase, those who desire advancement in where they are. When you are to face an interview, you know, for panel, maybe you have gone for an interview, you need to be recalled back. They rejected you. They told you, no, go back. We, we've got our candidate. I'm going to pray with you tonight because you cannot be rejected. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
And those who have your certificates on their behalf, and uh, maybe your certificates are cast, I want to be praying with you tonight. And those who are tired of joblessness, I'm going to be praying for you tonight. I'm going to be praying with you tonight. Remember, the prayers tonight is the prayers for financial breakthrough. So I dealt with the spirit of poverty. Now I'm saying those who are looking for profitable employment. That is still to deal with the spirit of poverty in a way. So the provision of God for you as a born again and obedient child of God is to get the best things for this life and year after. Haggai chapter 1 verse 6 says, Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat but you have not enough. You drink but you are not filled with drinks. You clothe but you there none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages, to put into a bag with holes. We're going to deal with that um, bag with holes right now. Not all employments are profitable. Many people work like elephants and live like ants. They have nothing to show for all their labor. It is like all they earn goes into a bag with holes. But God's desire is for his children to have enough for themselves and to be able to give others. So we as children of God are blessed to be a blessing to other people. We are supposed to be able to provide for ourselves, our families, assist in the work of God and assist the needy. When our income is not able to meet these demands, something is wrong. We need to pray and ask God for a profitable employment. This is what we are about to pray for. God does not want his children. I'm about to repeat this one. God does not want his children to manage poverty. He desires to satisfy us with good things. He desires that our needs be met. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, the blessings of God make it rich and adds no sorrow. Hallelujah. Proverbs 10.22, the blessings of God make it rich and adds no sorrow. So, we're going to be praying for you tonight. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We're going to be praying for you tonight. And I want you to, 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 to really... Believe God for a move in your life in this week. Believe God for a move in your life after this lockdown. Even during this lockdown, God must make a miracle. Those who are, in, those who are decision makers in where you are, a move must happen. Maybe you were called for an interview before the lockdown. And now they are delaying to call you back. They've got an excuses of lockdown. They must make means. They'd rather do online interview for you and immediately tell you that, listen, you are starting. You will be 
the one that worked from home. WHFH, I mean WFH, work from home. Praise God. And the very first thing that we need to do, you know, we're going to do about eight things. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As we pray, I'll ask you to repent from all sins that you know. And uh, repent from all sins that you know. And I'm going to be speaking some scriptures. And I want you to basically take the scriptures that I will be declaring. And I'm going to be praying for quite some time. And I want you to, to, to be with me and to bear with me because I am about to prayer in this program. Yes, I make it clear that I bring the scriptural foundation being found in the word of God. So we're going to be praying right now. And as we pray, I want you to believe God like never before and trust him that is about to do a great thing in your life. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I believe that there is a miracle that is awaiting you. I believe that miracle is about to take place right now in your life. I believe there's never been any time in your life more than this time that a miracle will happen in your life. I'm trusting God for you right now as I pray. I'm trusting God for you right now. I'm trusting God for your new employment. I'm trusting God for something brand new in your life. Deuteronomy 28 verse 13 says, And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If thou, thou hearken unto the commandments of thy God, which I command thee this day to serve and to do them. I declare and decree that you shall be a head, not a tail. I declare and decree that the Lord will open up doors for you where there's doors have been closed. I declare and decree that the people will call you first before they can call any other people. I declare and decree that people will return back to you to bring you into your own position in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare and decree Proverbs 21 verse 1 the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water he turneth in whatsoever he will. I declare and decree that the glory of the Lord is upon you. I declare and decree that you will be known in the marketplace. I declare and decree that even when your CV has been under, it will be taken above. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare Proverbs 11 verse 27. Ye that diligently seeketh good, procureth favor. 
but he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him. I declare and decree that you have been diligently seeking the good favor. And I declare and decree that favor is upon you. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace, of supplications, and they shall look unto me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. I declare and decree that people tonight, they are not going to sleep. They will be looking for your name. I declare and decree that the angel will raise some people that must be looking for you all over. I declare and decree that they will call you back where they've called you for the interview. I declare and decree that your position, it is yours. I declare and decree that a people shall not be able to rest because of you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak the book of Psalms, chapter 8, verse 5. For thou hast made him a little lower than angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. I declare and decree that there is glory and honor that walks with you. I declare and decree that the glory of God is ahead of you. I declare and decree that the cloud of God is opening doors for you. I declare and decree that the glory of God has opened much ways for you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19 to 20 upon your life. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly. Abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. I declare and decree that there is a new power in your life that the Lord has released upon you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare and decree that you are the best in everything that we have been called in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare and decree that we are the one to be called the head because we are not the tail in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare and decree Psalm 30 verse 5 for his anger endured but a moment in, in, in his favor. His life weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. I declare and decree that your tomorrow morning, it shall be the day of your joy. I declare and decree that every morning your joy will come back in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare and decree that you've got excellency in your life i declare and decree according to daniel chapter 1 verse 9 now god had brought daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuch i declare and decree that you will walk with favor wherever you enter in the mighty name of jesus christ of nazareth i arise from this chair that i was seated on so that all your things they can start to stand up what has been down in your life, it is standing up right now. I declare and decree that favor and tender and love, they will continue to be with you. I declare and decree 
that the Lord tonight will raise men and women who will stand with you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare Psalm 34 verse 10, the young, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare and decree that you shall not seek in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, because you shall be provided in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Daniel chapter 1 verse 9, I declare and decree that you will walk with favor in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare and decree Psalm 75 verse 6, for promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but I declare and decree that a promotion will come in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare Psalm 113, verse 5, verse 7 to 8. Who is unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high? He raised up the poor out of the dust and lifted up the needy out of the dungeon hill, that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. I declare and decree that right now you will receive more from the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 and verse 19. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I declare and decree that right now there is a strength upon your life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare and decree that right now there is a strength in you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I declare right now that all your needs from tonight, they will be supplied. Your brother will be employed. Your sister will be employed. Your auntie will be employed. None of you in the house that will not be employed. You will move forward for your promotion tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak Galatians chapter 6, verse 17. From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. I decree that you've got the marks of Jesus Christ in your body. I declare that the blood of Jesus is going with you. I decree that you walk with the marks of Jesus. Therefore, you shall not be at lack in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Galatians chapter 6, verse 17. It is so powerful right now upon your life. Galatians chapter 6, verse 17. It is so powerful right now upon your life. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Your God, your God will supply all your needs. Your God will supply all your needs according to your, to, uh, supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. We bless you, Father. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to continue to pray for the promotion. Hallelujah. Because after you have received the employment, it must not take long before people can recognize your potential. 
Hallelujah. It must not delay before people can know what you are worth of. They must not just pass you on the passage and say, you know, you are so good. It must also speak with what we are doing. The remaining four minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to be praying this remaining four minutes for your, pros- for, for, for your promotion. Hallelujah. I'm just sensing in my spirit right now. The Lord says there is going to be more transfer of wealth sooner than other people anticipate. Promotion is coming upon people right now. Thank you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Promotion is coming upon people right now. Thank you, Father. Because you understand the basics. You understand the base. The base, not even the basics. You understand the base of the kingdom of God. Glory to God. You will never again take two steps forward and ten steps backwards. We bind that movement in your life in Jesus' mighty name. We bind the toy toys movement in your life pertaining to your promotion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You will not take four steps forward and take 20 steps backwards. That is not your portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I thank you, Lord, because you alone, you can advance me. Oh, Lord, bring me into the favor with all those who will decide on, our, on my employment. Oh, Lord, cause a divine substitution to happen if this is what will move me ahead. Listen to me. I'm just hearing the Lord says, I will cause a divine substitution so that I can move you ahead. Glory to Jesus. And the Lord says, he will bring favor with those who will decide on your situation. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I reject the spirit of the tail and I claim the spirit of the head in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Heavenly Father, as the promoters, they are looking into who to promote. I become number one, for I am the head, not the tail, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Heavenly Father, right now, I enter the throne room of heaven and I'm carrying my brothers and my sisters and I bow before the King of Kings. And right now, I declare and I command every evil record planted by the evil in anyone's mind against their employment to be shattered in pieces in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh Lord, transform and remove all change, all human agents that are banned and stopping their employment in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I receive right now the anointing to excel above all contemporaries, above everyone that is their co-workers. I release that anointing upon my brothers and sisters in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I bind every strongman delegated to hinder their progress in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They shall not take 
two steps ahead and 20 steps backwards in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh Lord, dispatch right now your angels. Let them roll away every blockage in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I bind, I render it not to nothing. Every spirit that has been delaying them not to be able to succeed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I claim the position of the head for my brothers and sisters right now. For they are not the tail, but they are the head in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, they are matter into the mind of those who will assist them so that they can be able to succeed in their promotion in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Heavenly Father, paralyze the hard work of the household of enemies and envious agents in this matter, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let all the adversaries of their breakthrough be put to shame in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I claim right now the power to overcome, the power to excel among all competitors, and I release that anointing upon my brothers and sisters that we are together in this prayer tonight in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let any decision by any panel be favorable unto them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. All competitors with them in this promotion, they shall be defeated. They will move backwards in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I want to thank you tonight. I thank you, Lord, as we finish. I sprinkle the blood of Jesus upon each and everyone that is listening. This, I sprinkle the blood of Jesus right now upon each and everyone. Their ears are wide open. Their minds are creative. Their hands are the good hands. Their eyes will see opportunities. Everything about them, they will see opportunities from far. Thank you, Father, for the benefits and the provision of the blood of Jesus. I stand on the ground of the blood of Jesus to proclaim victory over sin, Satan and your agents. And you know that you cannot do anything because the blood of Jesus is over Mabongi in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That your blood of Jesus has been upon them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I apply the blood of Jesus upon Tokozo in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I apply the blood of Jesus upon Nero in the mighty name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus upon Eliza in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I paralyze all satanic oppressors delegated against Mabongi, against Tanki, against Eliza, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, hold the blood of Jesus. 
as a shield against any power that is chasing Esther and the family, against any power that is chasing Zamantaka and family, against any power that is chasing Alicia and the family, against any power that is chasing Stanky and the family, the blood of Jesus. I stand against devices of destruction. I stand upon the sword of God. I stand and I raise this sword right now. I'm standing the word of God as my foundation. In the mighty name of Jesus, let every door that they have opened to the enemy be shut and closed forever with the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, through the blood of Jesus, they are redeemed out of the hands of the devil. Through the blood of Jesus, they walk in the light and the blood of Jesus cleanses them from all sins in the glory of God. Hallelujah, Lord. Through the blood of Jesus, they are justified. They are sanctified and made holy with God's holiness in the glory of Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus, I have, they have the life of God in them. In the mighty name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, they have accessed the presence of God. Through the blood of Jesus, I paralyze and cut off the head of the Goliath in front of them. In Jesus' mighty name. Oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you, Jesus, that through the blood of Jesus, we are able to stand tonight. Through the blood of Jesus, we are able to see today opportunities are opening up. Listen to me. Hallelujah. Once again, like last night, once again, like last night, I will wake up in the middle of the night and I'm going to be praying for some people. Hallelujah. That will send their prayer requests to me. Send your message to VJ Prayer Ministry at gmail.com. Write for me the details of your prayer request. Last night, I stood with the names of people, and the Lord was faithful. He gave me details about them. But I want you to send me the details of your prayer request. Restoration is yours, yes? Glory to Jesus. Send me the details. When I wake up 12 midnight tonight, what must I go to heaven with? As I sit, as I kneel, as I move around, as I pray, let me pray with your name. Let me pray with your prayer request. Hallelujah.